Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt, as well as by Tim Vigil, Kara Nicole, and many others contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada A Dracula Tale Facebook and Twitter for more information about the exciting Kickstarter coming late October. Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309-3416 or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well www.dorganramen.com episode of Goth Girl Hard, the official Hack Slash podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am your co-host, Tracy Lux. And tonight, we have a very special guest on the show with us, returning for his third time on the show. It's been about a year since the last time he was on. He was on for the 15th anniversary special of Hack Slash. Tim Seeley is on back with us to talk about Hack Slash, the motion picture, question mark, explanation point, question mark, explanation point. That's why it says it that way in the <laughs> iTunes and the website, people. So it's just, just yeah. go with me. It's a joke. So, and uh, Tim is not under any type of NDA to talk, not talk about anything. So he's gonna give it. He's just gonna give it all to us. Every fucking little dirty, nasty secret, but might change the names of some people <laughs> to protect the innocent, which is totally fine and absolutely professional. But he's going to share as much information as he can about what the hell is going on and what, 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 why has this just been a pain in the ass over 15 years now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what was the first attempt, Tim? Well, I mean, so, you know, when we first, I guess the, I can, I'll try to summarize this in sort of a, a concise way. So when we first came up with Hackslash and published the book, we sort of had in, instant interest in Hollywood because just about the time we put it out was when uh, 30 Days of Night got optioned for a movie. So it was like before... It was made, but it was optioned for a movie, and all of a sudden there was, like, this heat around comic horror stuff. So, like, pretty much the week, I think, you know, when we came out, we instantly had people walk, uh, sort of talking to us about stuff. So uh, Devil's Due kind of had this deal at the time, uh, you know, the specific lawyer uh, who was doing the deals for them, and then... We will uh, just call this Murdoch, this lawyer from, now, from going forward Matt Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's still, he's a, he's a big producer guy now. He's done a bunch of comic adaptations. He's actually uh, currently got, you know, TV show on. So he's a guy that's been around uh, and, and it's been doing this stuff for a long time. But So he did the deal for us with the two producers um, and they sort of came in 
to shop around with us because we didn't know how to do that. And so, like, you know, when I was, I guess when Hacksash came out, I was 26, 27. And then, like, in my early, like, late 20s, like, I got to go to Hollywood, like, every fucking three months. And I got to go to all this cool shit and go to parties because, like, Hacksash was being shopped around and everybody wanted it. And so, like, in that, in that era, I went to, like, a party at Marilyn Manson's, uh, like, some thing he set up and like I went to clubs with all these fucking Hollywood people I was like holy shit I am living the life <laughs> this is going to be the rest of my life <laughs> and then uh, and then it got bought and then, uh, well it got optioned by a studio and the original stu- the original deal that we did was with Rogue Pictures and at the time Rogue Pictures was part of Universal basically it was a you know they Universal, I, as I understand it Rogue was created to house the Chucky movies Originally, huh? And I thought Rogue was uh, I thought Rogue was Disney, but I'm, am I thinking of Dimension? No, oh, it's Universe. Yeah, Dimension. I don't know, but uh, well, there's a whole bunch of those little mini. They called mini majors at the time, at least they were. And uh, so anyway, um, so Rogue, you know, was the first one to kind of come in with us. The dude Andrew Rona was the executive. He was great. He had been on Project Runway, and so like, you know, we were like, holy shit, this is gonna be great. And Rogue at the time, again off apparently to do the Chucky movies they're going to be like a little mini horror imprint so like it was huge for us and we got this sort of option check which allowed us to do like that second or third year of comics was completely paid for by us having an option check um, you know that allowed us to like make the comics and you know basically like prepay for the comics which had been tough for us because it was create our own uh, so but that paid for that and so um, you know we got pretty far with that, they hired a director, a music video director, uh, who was totally into it and wrote these screenplays, and everything was going great. And I, I was like, man, I'm really, I'm breathing rare air. I was like, everybody I know has these like terrible stories about Hollywood, and we're, we were, we got as far as basically like scouting locations, pretty much. We had a screenplay. We didn't have a guaranteed sort of star, but we had locations and a screenplay and a start date, and then. Um, and then the whole thing imploded because uh, Universal sold Rogue to its, like, basically Comcast, I think. I don't know how this all goes, if I can remember correctly what happened here. Comcast comes in and buys uh, a bunch of shit. Comcast and Universal, I think, were the same company at some point. Yes. And then there was, like, this sell-off. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly how this went, but there was, like, this big fucking sell-off where they had to get split up. I can't exactly remember what happened, but... Um, then Rogue gets sold like it's no longer part of Universal and it gets sold to its major investor which was this studio called Relativity um, and they, they're like not even a studio they're like a fund you know like um, and they were trying to become a studio and so so the rights for Hack Flash which were part of Rogue got traveled over to Relativity and so basically everything that was set up at and Andrew Rona got, uh, like, he left, or I don't remember exactly what happened. He went over to um, Sam Raimi's Dark Castle, I believe. Um, and so whatever was started on Hackslash all got, it all stopped. So, like, you know, the director, there was a big split with the director. And then all this, the script that they had, they didn't want the script anymore. And then... All this other stuff happened. And so basically then Relativity took over 
and that's kind of where we've been since then and, and largely the the sort of I guess conflict has been you know there was a TV show in development and a film in development at the same time and wow then, but that's like uh, Disney now they have TV series and movies happening at the same time in the same universe which is like something you've never heard of before but the only people who could pull that off is Disney mm-hmm. yeah I think part of it it was just like there, you know then all this, everything that's happened to us since then has been business stuff, not creative at all. Like, it's all been, you know, uh, the, the sort of the rights get split between the two, the TV and the film, and then people come and go, and, and it's, it's all this sort of maneuvering. But it's just like all business. And so, like, anything creative since then, it's just, it just happens and stops and starts. And, you know, right before, I would say, like, maybe in January, we finally sort of we signed this deal that looked like we were going to go forward with a, with a TV show and then it looked like we were going to go forward with a movie and then COVID happened and everything stopped. And, Hold um, on. What is that noise? Whose background okay. is that? That's a motorcycle driving by my okay. Irving Park near my house. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, just like everything immediately, you know, just derailed. Like, and that's, and Hack Life's not unusual that way. A lot of stuff obviously was, but, um, but I think there's this like, there's this weird, you know, once you sell the rights to something, it becomes a, um, it, it becomes like an asset, right? So like your, your impetus to make something is not that high because you own it. And there's, and there's no sort of countdown to when the rights shift over back to the creator. There's none of that sort of thing. And so and to some degree in Hollywood, if you're in anybody in power, the incentive is not to make stuff because if you make something, it could bomb and then you could lose your job. And if you don't make anything, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. So I think high class has always kind of fallen in that realm where it's, it's more, it's worth more as a portfolio piece than, than the chance that it might be made into something that's not super successful. Mm. So that's kind of where we've been. And I, I mean, I don't know the specifics obviously at this point because, you know, I, I, I mean, nobody talks, nobody talks to me now. Uh, so, but like, I mean, that's what happened. That's, and that, you know, a lot of creative people have come and gone. I've seen some amazing pitches. I mean, Mark, you know, Marcus Meispel, who did, uh, the, the, um, he did the Friday 13th remake, he, you know, in, in the Conan movie and he had a pretty cool pitch and like, I've seen creative people come and go uh, without something that has ever stuck. And I don't, you know, it's just like some people always used to tell me, like when I would take meetings, it would be like the year 11 on Hackslash and they'd be like, uh, you know, oh yeah, this, this thing has been in development longer. No, the only thing that's been in development longer is Wonder Woman. And I would always like, ha ha ha. And then Wonder Woman actually got fucking made. (laughs) so that's kind of, I mean, that's roughly the situation as I understand it. Uh, you know, I could have sort of, I'm an outsider, so I don't live in Los Angeles. I don't work in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's, that's as I understand it. Um, on the downside, you know, the fucked up part about it is I get emails about Hackslash probably once or twice a month from studios that are like, hey, is this available? We'd love to work with Seriously? you. Yeah, all the time. 
all the time. I mean, like, some big, big horror directors have emailed me about Hack Flash. Like, which is such a fucking bummer that oh. I have to tell them I don't have the rights to it. That sucks, uh, considering also, like, that teaser with Alexandria Daddario, you know, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you should play Cassie. I'm like, well, yeah, with a haircut. But, yeah, yeah. I could totally see her playing Cassie. Um, well, you know, she actually just did a horror film that she starred and produced. Like, a lot of those people would totally have, you know, if we'd gotten it together. But it's just this weird, you know, it's kind of tainted and, and uh, you know, yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Uh, tainted is definitely the right word. Yeah. What the... So, oh, sorry, it, go ahead. It, that's kinda, I mean, and somebody could do it, they would just have to untangle, you know, the sort of history with it. And, you know, I, I don't know who currently even works at Relativity, but the people on off that I've worked with were great. Uh, it's just, you know, they they would stay, they would be there, and then they would get laid off, or they would get fired, or they would move on, or they would take another job. So, like, I never had a good ongoing contact with anybody. You know, so, but I learned my lesson, like, you know, we, the way I did revivals film stuff was completely different. Like, I have way more control because I can't, I, I, you know, I refuse to do what we did the first time around, which we we just didn't, you know, we were young and we didn't, I don't know. We didn't know what we were doing. I, I, you know, we got paid, you know, and like it let us do the comic. And I think we chose the comic over, over anything else. So, you know, maybe what that was, of, okay. you know. Sorry. Uh, what yeah. kind of measures would you actually have to go through just to get the rights back in order if you did want to have somebody else make the movie? I mean, I'd have to pay the studio for all the screenplays oh. and the rights. So, like, I'd have to probably, I'd have to pay back the rights, which was like, you know, six figures, and then I'd have mm-hmm. to get screenplays, and so probably, you know, I'd have to raise, like, a significant, I'd probably have to raise a million something, uh, which... I know. honestly think you'd have enough followers to, like, maybe not want to make it yourself, but if you wanted to, like, crowdfund it, I think you'd have enough followers to get, like, the most competent director, once you had rights back, the most competent director, and then crowdfund some money for a movie... Low budget movie. It doesn't need to be a million dollar project. I mean, you got a goth chick and you got a big dude who go after a mass serial killer, either one you've already created or one you make up for the movie. Man, that thing could probably cost you under a million bucks. I mean, a saw cost under a million dollars or whatever it was to, co- to make that film. Yeah. Well, I mean, and now I've got some experience. And that had work. real actors in it, too. You could get a couple nobodies to play Cassie and Vlad. You don't need a huge star. Well, I mean, I, I actually worked on some film over the summer, and, you know, that was the education. Oh, we could have done this for, you know, probably 500000 probably, maybe maybe 750 uh, You know, we, we probably could have done it. Uh, you know, now I know that. Like, but, and things have changed since, you know, when we did this, it was 2000, what, seven, I think, somewhere. And knowing is half the battle. Tim Seeley, who wrote G.I. Joe. Get it? Ha ha. Go on. No, no, you're right. I mean, and, and it's, it's still part of it. Like, you know, I I could have, well, I mean, you know, we were young and we didn't we didn't know. Uh, and we were lucky. I mean, I, I always think like Kirkman got so lucky. Oh, that, my God. Everyone relates it to Kirkman, but you're absolutely like, right. He got, he got really, I mean, he he's a smart guy, but he also got really lucky that he didn't get, he didn't get screwed out of his rights, you know? No, uh, he had other problems that I'm not going to get into 
over this right, podcast, which I've had a radio show about with uh, <laughs> Charlie Adler, uh, with his uh, side of the things. And uh, that's a whole thing that you can go re- research online, people, if you really want to know the truth about that. But all is well that ends well and everything worked out. So that's that's all I have to say about yeah. that. What yeah, was mean, the uh, – oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, it just he was sort of, I don't know, he had a sort of cunning – he had a good sense of the of how to invest in these things more than we did. I mean, we just, you know, we just didn't. And also what studio wouldn't want to, what studio wouldn't want to like catch that hot fire uh, train of LGBT characters are popular and cool, especially in a climate that we live in right now where people are just like representation matters and being gay is important or bisexual. And this is what we need. And Cassie's all that. And that would be a fucking freight train of money-making goodness for whatever studio could get their act together and turn it into a uh, a machine of just endless, nonstop stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we were ahead of the game, too. But, you know, it's just uh, – well, I remember we were shopping around. Like, people, you know, said, oh, sla- you know, slasher films are – are passe and can you rewrite this to be like a Japanese remake? Like that's how long ago. Oh we my were God. Why do people want to change what works? Well, they, I mean, in the end they didn't like now they, everybody gets like, Oh, slash movies are eternal. Um, but at the time, you know, and we knew that, uh, but you know, they didn't, but now obviously everyone's like, yeah, every, you know, every Gen Z kid still knows who Freddie is. Like, it's not like you have to explain this stuff anymore. Um, but it's just, I don't know, we just, you know, it's, we didn't get lucky. We, you know, and also we were kind of stupid. And so. We're, this is my next question. And then uh, Charcy will take over because I got to go start Radio of Horror. Um, what, what was the uh, deal with the Good Day to Die Hard James Bond writer uh, taking on Hackslash? Oh, uh, wait. Uh, which one was that one? A Good Day to Die Hard was one of the James Bond movies. And that writer was going to write Hackslash as a TV series. Oh, Skip? Was that Skip Floyd? Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me bring up the article again. Yes, it was Skip Woods. Yeah, I mean, again, it was just there was the split rights thing, and that didn't go anywhere. Um, I thought his take was kind of cool. It was pretty different, but there was some weird, you know, because it was. What you need to do is get involved in an international company, because I'm assuming the international rights are still yours, unless you. No. They're not? Oh, okay. I was going to say, because international rights are different than American rights. You could always sell it off to, you know, some anime studio and make it into an anime cartoon. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that stuff's all wrapped. I mean, the video game rights. But, I mean, like, you know, so there was the Skip Woods take. Justin Marks, who wrote the uh, who wrote the Jungle Book uh, live-action movie, wrote a really good screenplay. I mean, there was all, there's all these good versions of it written by people who were, like, you know, big names and I don't know why I don't know I I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not I don't know what it's just business got in the way not creative like the creative I think was always sort of there you know and, and it, I, I think everybody it just yeah it's always just been money and business and in companies changing hands like the biggest problem with Hollywood for the past you know 10 years has been this sort of consolidation where there was a bunch of studios there was you know, mini studios, mini majors, as they call them, where there are spinoffs. And now everything's sort of consolidated because everyone wants really the only sort of thing that they see as the future is to have your own streaming, right? You want to have, you want to control the production and the distribution. So like 
uh, so everything kind of folds in on itself, right? It's like right. now there's there's Netflix and there's Hulu and there's Amazon and there's Disney trying to do their own network and there's Warner Brothers trying to do their own network and like there's nothing else, right? There's no uh, there, everything is kind of just being folded into a few major companies. So like it, it becomes difficult, I think, for you know for anyone to do something. You either you have to go big or super small. There's nothing in the middle. And, you know. I, I just can't believe I counted seven versions of Hackslash according to seven different articles I found online. Yeah. That's probably crazy. More than that. Probably more than that. I mean, at some point you're going to beat Freddy versus Jason for the number of screenplays based on a project that never happened. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I mean, there's only like, I think screenplays is only like four. But there's, there's apparently like, seven different people connected to Hackslash. Again, there's yeah, Good Day to Die Hard, Marcus Nispel, there's an illustrated Hackslash, there's Steven Susco. What's the guy that I talked to online that I can't talk Not, about right? anything? Todd Lincoln? Huh? Todd Lincoln? Yeah, Todd Lincoln, who wants to talk about it, but he's like, dude, I'm under an NDA. Now I'm like boiled in you know, post-COVID uh, nonsense with Hollywood stuff or whatever. I don't even have time to come on the show, but uh, you know, and the NDA will be up soon, and I could come on and talk about it and all that stuff. So, you know, he wants to talk about his side of the share of stories as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, and he was one. Of, I I thought he was really poorly treated. Uh, oh yeah, he definitely sounds like he has a quite a story to tell from personal experience. Yeah. Um, awesome, no, awesome guy though. I'm gonna run over to the horror show. Uh, uh, number one, you have the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one way of putting it. <laughs> All right, All right Tracy, now you have to work. I do, I do. So mine's more like wanting to dive into more questions about, like, who did you see playing? Because, I mean, especially since this would have been back in, like, 2006, 2007, who would you have originally seen playing Cassie or Vlad for actors and actresses? I mean, we've been through quite a few. I, you know, so originally, I don't, I don't, I guess the timeline is sort of jumbled now for me, but at some point... I, like early, the the one and I don't remember how it's all sort of shook out, but like Megan Fox was definitely sort of the one when she was you know first starting out. She was sort of the one that I remember her being sort of attached to it and her being really cool and like sending us stuff that she liked comics. I know she's a comic reader. She she's a big Aspen fan and stuff. So like you know she was sort of the first one that I remember us talking to and and sort of being having a, a possibility of, of her being in it. But, like, since then, I mean, I, I don't know. Because to me, I assume it's going to be somebody, you know, like like Chris said, like somebody probably owns someone new. Like, the horror movie doesn't have to be a big star. It has to just be somebody good and uh, somebody who can emote and someone who, you know, like horror movies build your career. You don't have to, you know. Um, but, I mean, we've talked to all kinds of people <laughs> – over the years, I mean, Alison Scaliotti for a while, I, she was, you know, someone who was really interested, and she was awesome, and she pushed the book. And and uh, I know she loves Hack Flash, so, I mean, I could see her definitely wanting to be that part, but now it's been how many years that... Well, that's the problem. It's a book for, I mean, by design, it has to be basically... A younger like, person, it yeah. Has to be, right? That's... <laughs> so, you know, like, people kind of age out of it. Um, I don't know, I mean, you know, we were... We, uh, for a while, I, you know, I was super into the, you know, Kat Dennings. Uh, I thought she would be perfect, and but I mean, again, I think I, 
now I'm just sort of, I don't, I've stopped doing that because. It's been so long. You're like, I don't uh, want to think of a character. Just, yeah. It also sort of just puts people in this weird position of like, you know, they promote, they talk about it. And then it's kind of this sort of weird embarrassment that nothing happened. You know? So like, now I just don't, I don't do it. Cause I just, I just assume it'll be, it's probably somebody by the time they make this thing, it'll be somebody who now is 11. Right. True. Like, right. I, so I don't know who she is, um, but she's probably awesome. And she's like dancing at Juilliard and taking Shakespearean acting classes on the weekends. And she's booking fucking commercials for, you know, a uh, price line or something. And then, then she'll be like this amazing breakout actress. That, that's what I assume now. Now, who did you ever think of for Vlad then? So when I first started doing this comic, I used to go to these horror conventions and, um, so I would always get to hang out with uh, all kinds of cool horror people. A lot of these like people went on to be, you know, big deal actors or big deal horror directors and stuff. Um, so very early I met uh, Derek Mears, who uh, he was a stunt guy and he actually, I think he played Jason, uh, but uh, he played Swamp Thing most recently. So I remember talking to him, like he would have been a perfect, uh, Vlad, he's a real big guy uh, and, you know, perfect for playing the sort of horror characters. Uh, Bill could be a little burly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I always liked uh, like Derek. And uh, at some point we were talking to this director, I, uh, and I don't know, I, I won't name him, but because um, I don't want to embarrass him if it's not true. But, like, then we were sort of, we thought about, you know, we thrown around the idea of Dave Bautista and he kind of played a version of Vlad sort of when he played Drax. I was <laughs> Drax. thinking that too. Yeah. I, I could envision him being that way. Yeah. Because his Drax is way more Vlad than it is Drax uh, <laughs> Destroyer in the comics. So, but I don't know. I mean, like, again, I think it's probably the same situation. Like whoever, you know, it's probably somebody right now who's like in the gym on a Sunday night, like getting ripped and, you know, doing being local, years from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like doing local theater and, and stuff, you know, so. And I also, you know, the, from working on some film this summer, like, it's definitely not necessary. You just need somebody great. You need somebody to embody the character and they don't, they don't need to. And I think the idea of sort of casting anything now is even less relevant because, you know, people get famous on fucking YouTube or TikTok and shit. Like, you know, I I don't watch any of that crap. I don't know who the fuck those people are, but I'm sure some of those people will be famous in a way that I won't know. So I'm not going to think of them to cast them. Yet. I was going to say probably more famous than us, but I mean, even with Netflix originals, they've literally taken people who are no names and they'll put them into a film, and all of a sudden they're big. Yeah. And... For sure. I mean, it used to be sort of you know people came up from theater and people came up from that sort of thing. I think now people do come up from TikTok and and YouTube and you know uh, if you ever saw the show um, what's it oh fuck it's a it's a Netflix show about um, uh, like a crime that's set in a high school what the hell's it called my friend produced it and I can't remember the name of it <laughs> the, the star of that was a YouTube star uh, you know like and he's amazing and I've seen him in all these films and he's funny as shit uh, so like it's definitely you know I, those people will be the films of the future and you know who knows what the budget of hack slash will be when it finally gets done but yeah you know, 
Well, it kind of sucks because this is the time period where, like, what we've been saying is that you can take something and now it's easier to produce because it's not one of those things where they're like, hey, you have to have a known name. Like, with horror with Hackslash, you don't have to put millions and millions of dollars into it. But since everything's kind of on halt, since you don't have the rights to it and since the producers aren't pushing it, you're just kind of literally stuck. Yeah, I mean that, and that is definitely, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised to find this that most Hollywood stuff that does get started now gets shut down pretty quickly, you know. And the stuff I worked on the summer was like you have to be, make things that are COVID safe, so you know, very limited cast, and and uh, and so that'd be hard to do with Hackslash. So, you know, obviously this will probably be over at some point. Uh, We're I, hoping, fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, but you know, when, when, by the time that finally happens, I, I just don't know what position studios will be in and, and maybe it'll be good for stuff because, you know, they'll have less control, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, so it kind of bums me out, but I also, like, I kind of gave up a long time ago, I guess, you know, in, in a way that, um, one of those I, where you have that hope, but since it's been so long, you, you don't want to keep, well, pun intended, I guess, banking your money on it in order to... Well, yeah, I feel bad because people ask me about it all the time, you know? I mean, like, always people are on, uh, ask me on Twitter and, where's the Hackslash movie? Like, and I was just, I just want to be like, I don't know, just go enjoy the comics for fuck's sake. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, I understand, you know? Like, I think there's this weird expectation now that things, they're not real until there's a movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. which is dumb because there's plenty of fucking awesome shit that was never it was a comic book that never got turned into a movie but it's such a pipeline now and and i think there's an expectation you know that if you read a comic you like you're like where's the fucking movie and uh you know i i i, I, I didn't want to work in film i wanted to do comics but uh you know it, i understand this sort of validation i guess because that's the most popular medium you know like i i think having a cool comic is good enough, but I, I know that most people don't. <laughs> Just to, uh, 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 sorry to interrupt this, but Zoom sent me their warning of the time. Um, because we're on Zoom, there's a limited amount of time, and I'm not upgrading to Pro. So, uh-huh. uh, okay. well. do we uh, do we want do you have anything we want to wrap up and follow up uh, and say about uh, Hackslash movies TV series? Is there, was there ever a development of a cartoon series? I read something about that. Yeah, we worked on. I mean, you know, ca- cartoons like sort of a, what a quote unquote adult animation kind of comes and goes and fads. I think it's probably more popular now because obviously you can do animation without massive cast, so. Uh, you can do it during COVID anyway. Um, so it's always on, but, you know, it's I've never seen as far as design. We've never gotten close enough to have designs or anything. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, of course, there's the um, Hackslash action figure coming out. Me and Charcy are both really excited for it. We're glad that you yes. seem to be yeah, liking actually, it, Tim. It's really cool. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, you know we've, we've, have, we've had sort of promises of figures before, and they never happened. But this one happened. I have it. It's fucking real. Cool. Uh, and it, it looks good. Um, I have it sitting on my shelf. So, uh, yeah, you can totally order it from Creative uh, Comics and Collectibles. I think I posted their thing on Twitter. Yep, you did. Yep, you did. Yeah, so uh, you can just order directly from them. I think you can also get it from... Big Bad Toys. I think it's Big Bad Toys is going to carry it. Big Bad Toys, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I order shit from them all the time, so uh, I know they're good. 
So yeah, get it from them. Um, but it's a legit cool figure. If this one sells well enough, there's Vlad coming. Good. Um, I'm excited for Vlad. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and if all those do well enough, we'll do money shot figures too. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be great too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we can, uh, you could definitely have your Cassie t- figure team up with like Vampirella because Vampirella's had a figure for a while and there's a crow figure. Yeah. Yep. There's an Ash figure. Never, There's plenty of Ash heard. figures. <laughs> yeah, you ever kick the shit out of your Michael Myers and your Jason and your your Chucky, uh, which I have all those, and I'm setting them all up in my office here where I'm doing this from, so you can join me and be a nerd, and uh, yeah, pretty cool. This is all I really ever wanted was her to have an Ash figure. She had a uh, one of those uh, bricks figures, and she has a statue. Cool. This is her first action figure, so. All right. Cool. Well, we're down to the last minute on uh, on oh, Zoom, yeah. how we're recording this. Uh, you get, everyone can find Tim on Hack and Tim Seeley, me at, uh, at Goth Girl Horror, Charcy. You can find me at Twitter at Charcy Lux or Instagram at Charcy87. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Tim, so much for coming on to uh, hash out some hack slash uh, rumors and questions about the movies that are just never seem to be going on. Really appreciate it. And hope you have a happy Halloween. You too. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. Good night. Night. Bye. Kathy, Kathy, who you gonna stop tonight? Let the villains know that she's looking for a fight. Ah! Ah! with your bad and murderous monsters. Don't stand a chance when you... Murderous monsters don't stand a 